Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Tour, the podcast from American Christian Tours that goes behind the scenes of some of the most iconic sites, historic characters, and true stories in American history to discover how God has been at work since the very beginning of time. This is Aaron Cronk, your host on Behind the Tour. Our desire and purpose is to provide insight for today and hope for the future as we look at history from a biblical worldview and uncover the hidden lessons of our past. Well, on today's podcast, we would love to highlight one of American Christian Tours' uh, education programs that we do, and it is called The March. It's a program that goes geographically from Memphis to Atlanta and covers 100 years from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement. To do that, I am going to be joined by one of my colleagues, Nolan Hargis. Well, Nolan, welcome to the podcast. This is this is your first time here. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. I've I've, I've been waiting for the phone call when I get to be a part of this podcast. So thanks for inviting. Me. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nolan, uh, you and I just got done with the March tour with a school, and it was six days that was. Uh, amazing in a lot of different respects. And I'm glad I got to have you along on the tour. We both, I think, not only learned a lot, but we had a great time. Would would you agree with that, Nolan? Was that a, a pretty amazing tour? Yeah, it was a great tour. I'm very grateful to have had the opportunity to, to travel with you again. I always enjoy that. And uh, it was uh, definitely uh, a challenging tour as far as the subject matter, and uh, but really enjoyable to dig deep into the, the subject. Yeah. Well, Nolan, spending six days together with uh, high schoolers <laughs> on a tour uh, oftentimes can be challenging, but what was what was one of the highlights for you you could uh, give to our listeners? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, a couple of things actually come to mind. Uh, I loved the way we started out the program. It was kind of a fun, light way of, of introducing the subject, and that was uh, when we went to the Rock and Soul Museum, and they talked about how um, music played such an important part in what eventually became the civil rights movement. So that was interesting for me and just seeing how the, the different aspects, the different cultures combining to, to make music. And uh, so that was fun. Uh, but I think just the other, just seeing God answer prayers in ways that we were not expecting uh, as we were going to different sites and having, you know, something that we weren't expecting happen just uh, totally outside of our control and just seeing how God worked that way and, and really helped to make the program even a better quality program for the school than what uh, had originally been planned. It was it was pretty cool to see God do that. Yeah. Yeah, Nolan, I totally agree with that. And one of the highlights for me too was just the kids and the kids are always a highlight to me. Yeah. Um, I love the leaders. Uh, I love the parents oftentimes that come on the trips. But, uh, you know, the kids, I tell you, they were, I, I could tell they were just ready to go and they were ready for an adventure. So yeah. um, I love just just being on location in different places that that we can actually stand and look and touch and feel, you know, just being there, uh, relating uh, what God has done in history uh, as far as, uh, I guess, the good and the bad and the ugly, right? Uh, nothing is totally glamorous. I'll tell you what, Noah, why don't we start with uh, our, our beginning point on this trip, which was Memphis, Tennessee. And again, for our listeners, uh, we we moved from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, progressed to Birmingham, uh, Montgomery, Alabama, Tuskegee, and then ended up in Atlanta. On some of the March trips, we also visit uh, Civil War battlefields. I think of Kennesaw Mountain, and I think of Shiloh, certainly the Battle of Atlanta. 
Uh, Nolan, why don't we start uh, in Memphis? Uh, you already talked about the, the Rock and Soul Museum. What else is pertinent in Memphis, Tennessee? I know that we uh, one of our main figures that we trace and look at as a centerpiece is Martin Luther King Jr. So what's so significant about Memphis, Tennessee? Uh, and maybe even, Nolan, as a starting point, why, why would we start there? Sure. Uh, well, we started there because of the uh, Lorraine Hotel, which is now known as the National Civil Rights Museum. And that's where Dr. King was shot. Uh, he was assassinated there. And, and, you know, going back to a little bit to what you said in regards to the students and, and really enjoying them, it was really fascinating for me to watch, you know, from day one. Uh, when the teachers were asking them, so why did you want to come on this trip? Because it was like over the Christmas break, you know, right at the end of the Christmas breaks. Uh, and a lot of them were, I just want to get away from home. I just want to, but seeing them transition as they started seeing some of the things, and, you know, and starting specifically with this museum, uh, having the opportunity to go through and experience that, uh, you could definitely see, oh, this is what this is all about. And uh, just, you know, as it chronicled through uh, the history of the civil rights movement from slavery all the way through and, and you know, where we are today and, and the, the importance of it and all the different things and what specifically what Dr. King was doing in his uh, nonviolence and wanting to uh, to stand up and uh, this is what our constitution says, this is what we should be doing, but uh, let's have a conversation. I, I just think it was really, it was fun for me to watch the transition from the kids going, this is going to be a fun trip and yeah. just get away. And then all of a sudden, okay, here's what, okay, this is good. And uh, really appreciating it. And so, uh, so yeah. it was good. Yeah. And um, I don't think that it's confusing when we're on the trip. I think maybe a little bit, but sometimes it's, it's a little confusing, I think, for people as we jump back and forth between the events of the Civil War and the Civil Rights era. Uh, these two sure. periods are nearly a century apart, right? <laughs> so they're, but they're, they're very directly uh, linked to one another. You know, the Southern uh, Confederate defeat in the Civil War. Uh, and the, the following year's period of time called uh, Reconstruction uh, for about a 12-year period of time uh, created, uh, in my estimation, Nolan, some long-term problems and environment that really brought about the civil rights movement. Yep. So understanding you know, history, um, and this, I think this is one of the reasons I love history, especially American history, is that uh, history requires us to consider events before and after a certain time period that we're looking at. Hmm. Uh, in order to find, uh, you know, the causes, effects of of certain events, and that's in essence what we what we strive to do on this trip called the march. Well, Nolan, so we we visited the uh, the Civil Rights Museum and the Rock and Soul Museum. Uh, a couple other spots that uh, in Memphis that we didn't visit this time, but that um, other trips on the march go to are the Cotton Museum, the Memphis Riverboat Cruise. So, you know, we love to throw in a little bit of recreation, right, <laughs> along with history. Yeah. Um, and then uh, certainly Shiloh National Military Park. Um, and all of those places are just, uh, they're, they're phenomenal because of, uh, again, I think of the kids' responses. Um, I think sometimes they'll set low expectations for a trip. Fun is at the forefront, but uh, when learning becomes fun, uh, it's a, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, 
Well, Nolan, hey, let's let's hop into the the next place that we visited from uh, Memphis. Uh, for our listeners, we're not going to spend a, a ton of time on each place, but we want to give you an overview of this trip. Uh, I think that it that is truly incredible within the context of uh, visiting the South and what happened in the South from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement. So next, Nolan, we uh, went to Birmingham, Alabama. Yes, got to, to visit the 16th Street Baptist Church. That was where the uh, Bloody Sunday took place. It was the bombing and the four young girls were, were murdered uh, by church bomb uh, there to, uh, at an African-American church there, uh, 16th Street Baptist Church. We're able to see how not only how that uh, molded or, or forged what was going to happen, what was happening there in Birmingham, but how uh, there right across the street uh, in the Kelly Ingram Park, how they would meet. That's where the uh, when you're looking at the the pictures of the of the fire hose jet on the kids and the, the dogs and uh, you know all those when they were getting ready to do their marches and things like that. That all took place right there across the street from the 16th Street Baptist Church. There's a lot of history, a lot of stuff that happened starting you know there in Birmingham. So it was uh, that you know obviously going to the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute, excellent uh, you know giving more information, uh, but just being there, just being on location, really really moving. Nolan, awesome. And, you know, during the era of segregation, uh, which was for for a number of, of years, again, I think, for, you know, once the Civil War ended um, and then uh, Reconstruction took place, you know, during that 12-year period of time up through like 1877. And I think, you know, after that, there were, in the South, there were there were uh, Black Codes and Jim Crow laws that, that popped up, then eventually segregation because of the South was having a really rough time trying to acclimate uh, to this new era, really. So, Nolan, when I think of the 16th Street Baptist Church during the era of segregation, it was like a lot of those churches, but the 16th Street Baptist Church was I think uh, probably the first African-American church in Birmingham, but it was more than just a location for church gatherings in a black community. It also functioned as a meeting house, a social center, um, and also the headquarters really for the civil rights meetings and rallies there in Birmingham. Thus, churches became targets of those who were against the civil rights movement. And that's what this bombing was about to me. And all it takes, you know, Nolan, and maybe you could speak to this a little bit too, but all it takes is really one person, right? Uh, one, one or two people that are kind of off the beaten path. Uh, I'll use the term a little bit of a wingnut <laughs> to uh, to do something bad, and then everything gets painted with a broad brush. What, what are your thoughts on that? No, I agree. I, I think it goes both ways. Actually, I think there's you can have people. It's 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 amazing how just one individual can shift the tide yeah. one way or the other, and. And, you know, I think about what the Bible says when uh, three uh, cords are bound together, how strong that is. And I think if you have three individuals that are willing to work together and, and, and make things, uh, uh, you know, work hard at. And that's what I think you saw happening there in Birmingham is that the, yeah. the churches were gathering, gathering together and working hard. But it was uh, it doesn't take much for, uh, you know, in, individuals to do evil as well and to try and, and get things to go the way they want it to go. And, and uh, I think you see that throughout history. And that's where I think studying, for me, studying history is so important, looking at the ugly, looking at the things that people did wrong. Uh, you know, when you, even when you look at the Bible, there's, there's probably more examples of uh, people who did wrong sinners uh, then there are people that did things right. And uh, I think those are lessons we can learn and apply to the future here. So I think yeah. uh, there's a lot that can be learned from what happened there in Birmingham. 
Yeah, Nolan, and you know, kudos to you. You know, you did a great job on this tour that we just got done with uh, in communicating some really good biblical principles. That's that's our focus, right? Is on these tours, we want to talk about God's word. We want to talk about what God has done in history. Again, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but also that he he works through adverse circumstances. He knits things together, even evil deeds, to work together for good. Yeah. So we, we can see that on on the, especially on this trip. And I think as a person in a nation more fully applies uh, biblical principles, again, that we love to teach uh, on this, on this trip, there's going to be an increasing freedom in every realm of life. Um, and obviously freedom was kind of a theme for this trip. Yeah. Well, Nolan, one of the quotes I love uh, that Martin Luther King Jr. gave during the Birmingham civil rights era was, he said this, I like to believe that the negative extremes of Birmingham's past will resolve into the positive and utopian extreme for her future, and that the sins of a dark yesterday will be redeemed in the achievements of a bright tomorrow. I love that theme. Martin Luther King Jr. was a Baptist minister, and he had a, a great working knowledge of God's Word. He used that theme of redemption, and I think that's, that was a theme uh, during our trip was the theme of redemption. Yeah, absolutely. Redemption and reconciliation. So, um, all right, Noel. Well, hey, let's let's move on. You mentioned the 16th Street Baptist Church, the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute, uh, and then the Kelly Ingram Park. Again, Birmingham was kind of ground zero for the civil rights movement for quite a while. Another place that we uh, visit sometimes as we go through the marches, the Tannehill Ironworks Historical State Park, along with others. So there's, uh, we love to tailor, kind of tailor make some of the trips to what uh, the organizers uh, and the administrators want. Sure. Let's move on to Selma in Montgomery. You and I on this past trip did not go to Selma. But we certainly uh, visited Montgomery. What are what are some of the places, Nolan, that uh, that we visited Montgomery? Uh, definitely the uh, Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. Uh, that was a, a really a fun. That's where uh, Dr. King was pastor uh, there. That was his uh, home church, and where he actually got his start in the sense of the whole uh, civil rights movement, where it really started. You know, can almost say be, was being birthed there as a, uh, as a result of what happened with Rosa Parks and the, the, the bus boycotts and all the things that happened. But uh, it started there at Dexter. And so we have an opportunity to go there. And, and uh, we had a, um, uh, uh, someone who shared information, uh, Wanda Battle, that uh, gave us uh, uh-huh. some great background of what happened there at the, uh, at the church and him, him as a pastor there. And, and uh, really enjoyed her. Yeah, she was great, Nolan. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed her, and I know you did too at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. And I tell you, she was a spark plug. Oh, man. Uh, and she loves everybody. Uh, in fact, that's her message is, you know, we need to love everybody regardless of, you know, who they are or where, where they come from. Everyone needs more love. And so uh, so she she definitely exudes love, uh, loves to sing. Uh, she gets everybody singing. Uh, she, we had a gospel choir going on there. And they're not even gospel singers, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, she did a great job. So I really enjoyed that. And, and going to the Rosa Parks Museum uh, was excellent as well, just getting more uh, what really was happening, why Rosa Parks did what she did and, and, and refusing to give up her seat that she was, you know, that she was in and, and all the things that happened as a result of that and, and the sacrifice that they had to make as a, as a community uh, in the the bus boycott that lasted just over a year it was that was not an easy thing. So it's just fun, you know, hearing the stories and the sacrifices that that they had to, to make in order to have the same rights as everybody else, which is what they were saying from you know from the very beginning. We're all created equal, and yet 
we were not being treated equal. And so that's, that's what it was all about. And uh, yeah. uh, excellent stuff there. Yeah, in, in right on, uh, Nolan. You know, Montgomery is a special place for the fact that the civil rights movement really got its start there with with Rosa Parks, with Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. Martin Luther King Jr. pastored from 1954 to 1960, so for about six years, uh, he served there as a full time pastor. I think that with Martin Luther King Jr. being kind of the the, the spokesperson now for the Montgomery Improvement Association. Uh, was key. You know, Rosa Parks was kind of, you know, with her not giving up her seat on the bus, that was the spark. That was the spark that was needed. And uh, Martin Luther King Jr. became, because of his uh, oratory skills and his writing ability, uh, phenomenal. You know, Nolan, I love listening to him. <laughs> I love listening to his his uh, speeches and his talks, but even reading like letters from a Birmingham jail, his writings yeah. uh, are just Excellent. phenomenal. Highly recommend those. Yeah. Yeah, And I was actually impressed with something that I learned on this particular trip is that Dexter Baptist Church congregation was not excited about his involvement in the civil rights. You know, I would have thought that, uh, that he would have been like his church had been like all behind him and right. they were not, which just goes to show you that, you know, there was a lot of different sides to every, you know, it's true for everything. There's always lots of different sides, lots of different perspectives to every issue. And uh, so that to me was an interesting caveat that I had learned before. Yeah, yeah. And also, Nolan, I think of that the boycott, you know, that, that again, Rosa Parks sparking that boycott because she went to jail. She was arrested December 1st, 1955. And then uh, on the 5th, she had her court date. But that's when the boycott began. And it, la- it lasted for 382 days into December 20th on 1956 when a federal court ruled segregated uh, a segregated bus service was unconstitutional. So that boycott worked and it was considered yeah. the most successful nonviolent protest of the civil rights movement. And Nolan, that, that was key during the, our trip uh, to focus on Martin Luther King Jr. in his approach, his nonviolent approach to uh, changing things, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, you know, the, the, the problem with forcing people to change is that as soon as the threat of that force is gone, the, the, if their heart hasn't been truly changed, then they're just going to go back to old habits or they're actually going to come back with anger and resort to violence themselves. Uh, I think uh, Dr. King is absolutely right. I mean, when you look at Christ, what he did, he didn't come to be the, the warrior king. He came to, to seek and to save those who were lost. Uh, and that was, uh, you know, the the poor downtrodden, you know, he was, you know, all of that was not in violence at all. And, and yet, what Christ did obviously changed the world. And I think uh, it's all about changing the heart. It's not about forcing people to do anything. And so that's, uh, I think Dr. King was absolutely correct uh, in what he did and how he was doing things. Yeah. Awesome, Nolan. Well, hey, we got to our next location uh, that we went to was Tuskegee. And uh, the school that we went with, um, that we led, uh, decided that they would put in this educational component. So we actually went to the University of Alabama uh, we went to Auburn University, Georgia Tech, and then also Tuskegee. But there were two, you know, Tuskegee Institute was really cool. And I think we could do a whole a whole podcast just on Tuskegee Institute with Booker T. Washington and, and George Washington Carver, two of my favorite uh, African-American guys in history um, for their faith, primarily, and what they what, what got accomplished through them. So, uh, Nolan, what was what was maybe one of your favorite portions during the Tuskegee visit? Well, just the way that God orchestrated the, the opportunity to meet with one of the, the gentlemen on the, uh, on the Advent team there at the school and just uh, being able to talk about the school. I think that was great. But I, I really 
I loved having the opportunity to talk about Booker T. Washington and George Washington Carver. Uh, they're both buried there, both, you know, uh, instrumental to the history of this historically black college. What's not to like about that? I mean, it's just, there's so much, uh, like you said, we could do a whole podcast and just the two of them. But. Well, and I love, you know, again, uh, we could talk, I could talk for, for days on, on both these guys, but Booker T. Washington is probably one of my favorite guys in history for the fact that he was a firm advocate of education. And not just knowledge, but also wisdom, how to apply that, especially within the context of mm-hmm. the African-American community, you know, during the era of segregation. And when there was uh, prejudice, a uh, broad prejudice um, and inequality. So, you know, his, his emphasis on, on education and providing opportunities for uh, the African-American community to be educated and skilled is how, is how he believed that they would prosper. Not everybody agreed with him. I think that was instrumental in moving forward was, was just education. Yeah, absolutely. And, and George Arthur Carver fit right in with that, with uh, giving the tools, coming up with ways to use the, the, the information that they'd learned there at the school. So I just uh, really enjoyed visiting there. Well, Nolan, um, we also had a, just a, a quick opportunity to visit another location there, which is right outside of Tuskegee University, which was the uh, the Tuskegee Airfield, uh, mm-hmm. which involved the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, what was your take on that that place? The um, who are the Tuskegee Airmen anyway? Yeah, not just men. Uh, <laughs> it was everyone who was involved in the uh, in the program uh, in, in serving our country there in World War II and, and providing pilots. Uh, obviously the, the pilots themselves are always the, you know, the quarterback of the team or whatever, but there's a lot of support that, that go into helping and everyone who was on support, uh, support, whether it was, uh, mechanics, the cooks, secretaries, everybody who was involved, regardless of color, uh, every person was considered a Tuskegee, Tuskegee airman. And, uh, so yeah, that's a great history uh, spot there and a lot of fun stuff there too. And when I think about the um, the Tuskegee Airmen, uh, better called the Tuskegee Air People, I think of that special group of, of fighter pilots that came together uh, from the Tuskegee Institute. And in 1941, the Department of War created the All Black 99th Pursuit Squadron. And these these were some pretty pretty special guys with their ability, and especially with segregation laws in effect. Uh, in the U.S. Army Corps uh, up until 1947, this newly created uh, U.S. Air Force really took steps for integration. And it, uh, I think that they were part of uh, the eventual abolition of uh, segregation. But they did their training. Uh, they did their training there at the airfield. And I think that, uh, you know, they were they were very successful. And they were actually, you know, Nolan, I've read too, that they weren't only successful in the air, very successful, but also just in the lives that they led, this group of five, uh, there were five guys that were part of that original graduation. But I think that their character, from what I've read, both on and off the field and out of the planes, uh, when many thought they would fail, uh, really was part of a catalyst for change in the military, too, uh, because they were very um, worthy of respect. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I believe that they were instrumental, foundational, if you will, for the desegregation in the military because they proved that regardless of uh, skin color, they were fully capable. Uh, there was a lot of people that were, did not think that, the, that they should be given the responsibilities, the, 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 the money uh, to have the, the planes, all that kind of stuff. They, they didn't think that that was a smart move, and, and, and yet they proved everyone wrong, well, everyone who was saying that wrong. Yeah. And Nolan, when you read about the lives of those individuals and many others that we're talking about, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., um, I think of uh, 
um, George Washington Carver and so many African American uh, mm-hmm. men and women um, that were that lived during this time uh, that uh, God was on the move. He was uh, he was working in the lives of those people and in the fabric of our country. Well, Nolan, hey, let's let's move on to our last location. So we we came from Tuskegee, and then which is south of Atlanta, Georgia, and then we headed north up to Atlanta. What what were a couple of the sites that we uh, that we visited in Atlanta? We visited uh, right away the Martin Luther King uh, Jr. National Historic Site, which is where he's actually buried. He and his wife are buried there, and then we also went to the uh, we saw the Ebenezer Baptist Church, which is right there, and uh, saw his home. Uh, where it was at. Uh, then, uh, and then, of course, there in Atlanta, we uh, had the opportunity. To, uh, it was rainy, so we didn't get it. It wasn't as nice as it could have been because it was rainy at the time, but we went to the uh, the Centennial Olympic Park there and from the uh, the Olympics that were there in Atlanta. Yeah, weather always plays a little bit of a upper or downer, I think, on some of the trips, but uh, nonetheless, we persevered. And I think, the, I think the kids really enjoyed it. Sometimes it depends on where the group is from at um, in the country. Uh, but uh, I remember previous trips where we've been in snow and rain, uh, sleet, you know, you name it, it but uh, the kids seem to do the best. They always love pushing forward too. So, um, but you, Nolan, you mentioned the Martin Luther King Jr. Um, uh, memorial um, in park. And what was, in, in your opinion, what was one of the highlights um, of that area for you? Uh, really was this the, they have the quotes on the wall there. Yeah, those were the six steps of yes. nonviolent action. Yes, uh, to me that was uh, that. Would, to me, was the it encapsulated everything. It was a great way to finish. You know, starting with uh, where he was at Lorraine Motel when he was assassinated, and finishing with this is what our steps are, what we are, our goals are, and and so it just to me was a, a great way to finish the tour. And reading those, it was excellent. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, Ebenezer Baptist Church, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s dad was a pastor there. Martin Luther King Jr. was baptized at that church, and then later his funeral would be at that church and and laid to rest right next door. So a wonderful uh, wonderful time to be there with that group, uh, learning about uh, a little bit more about Martin Luther King Jr.'s life. Yeah, Nolan, so one of our last stops there— what in that park was the Martin Luther King Jr. where he was born. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, we got yeah. to see, you know, the house where he was actually born. So it's almost kind of like, you know, we came full circle from Memphis to Atlanta, saw all the different places that Martin Luther King Jr. was active during the civil rights movement. But a couple other places that uh, that we typically visit when that we didn't this time when uh, we're in Atlanta is the uh, the International Civil Rights Walk of Fame. The Atlanta Cyclorama, which to me is is a wonderful experience. It's a, kind of an in-depth uh, visual of the Battle of Atlanta during the Civil War. And then also uh, Kennesaw National Battlefield Park, which is about uh, 20 minutes north of Atlanta. So those locations, I think we have to throw those in uh, because they're just fabulous to, to visit. So Nolan, yeah, hey, let's move on uh, to our next segment. Well, this next segment, you guys, is called Behind the Person. As we go behind the person of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., again, he, he was very much at the, at the focus or one of the centerpieces for the civil rights movement. So it, it was fitting that we talk about him during this segment and even the next. Nolan, uh, in his I Have a Dream speech, 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. says, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Where does that come from? It comes from the Bible. It does. It comes from the Bible, but it was also it was also included in our Declaration of Independence, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's, you know, our founding fathers took that principle from the Bible, put it into uh, our founding documents that this is, uh, you know, all men. And of course, they were thinking in a generic sense, all men and women are created equal. And yep. Uh, as we look at, you know, what he was using that and saying, okay, if this is what our constitution and our, you know, this is what our founding documents say, this is the, the foundational principle of our country, then it should apply to everybody, not just a certain segment of society. And, and he was absolutely right. Yeah, Nolan. And I think there was another part of his, and it's kind of a longer speech, and it's a lot of fun to read through in its entirety, uh, again, because you can see, um, uh, you can just see his his knowledge, uh, mm-hmm. his love, his passion. Uh, for what God had uh, been using him uh, to a, a phenomenal degree within the context of this movement. But he says this, he says, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Uh, and Nolan, that's always stood out to me. I don't know if something else has stood out to you in that speech, but that part, um, as I've read through his speech numerous times, has really uh, spoken volumes about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who he was, but what his passion was. His passion was that one day that there would be equality and that it would be an equality based on the character of people, not on uh, the uh, exterior, the the color of their skin. So I love that portion, Nolan, that... uh, his desire was that that would fade away and that people could see each other for truly is how God has created them. So true. And that's how God views us. Uh, he created us in his image. And so we're all going to look, you know, different on the outside, but it's uh, truly what's on the inside. That's uh, the most important part. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Noah, hey, let's move into the next segment, which is called Carved in Stone. So we uh, are staying with Martin Luther King Jr. Because uh, Carved in Stone, there is a statue of Martin Luther King Jr., probably one of the newer ones in Washington, D.C. The statue of Martin Luther King Jr., there is uh, his his personage, his persona, um, etched in stone and carved out of a mountain of stone. Uh, and that quote that is on the memorial says, out of a mountain of despair comes a stone of hope. Expression on his face in that uh, memorial, I sometimes wish would have been a little bit different, but it was a serious expression, most likely due to the, the you know, the, the things that he was facing, uh, I believe. But the, I think he had a joy in his soul that could not be extinguished uh, and that led him uh, to continue forward. Well, Dr. King's faith and conviction uh, to live out the gospel of Christ uh, really permeated his actions, speeches, and writings. And uh, in those, he challenged everyone, including leaders in the church, to respond to the injustices caused by segregation. He believed even the most hate-filled language and violence should be responded to with love rather than more violence. Um, what an amazing challenge. But Nolan, you mentioned those, you know, the six things on the wall that were inscribed in a wall at the at the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial. That was his philosophy. It wasn't just Gandhi. <laughs> it was a biblical philosophy that 
all violence is going to do is beget more violence, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So a quote that is a part of that memorial is love, even our enemies, is the key to the solution of the problems in our world. And uh, boy, you know, Nolan, that's a hard one. Um, I know what it is for me and probably for a lot of people is to love our enemies. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's exactly what, what Christ said when, when they asked, uh, when the religious leaders trying to trap him, asked him, what's the, the greatest commandment? He said, there's two, love your God and then love, love the people around you with all your heart, soul, and mind. And so that's, uh, that's one of the great commandments. And, and he nailed it on the head. God didn't specify, you know, who's your neighbor? Well, uh, the Good Samaritan tells us who, uh, who the neighbor, you know, that story tells us who the neighbor is. It's, it's anybody and everybody. Yeah, he's absolutely right. We do. We are commanded by God to love our enemies. Yeah. And when he said that he believed even uh, that even the most hate-filled language and violence should be responded to with love, um, you, you can't do that on your own. Uh, you know, no, you can't. We just, uh, you know, I've tried in my own humanness to, uh, to respond to people, but I think it's, it's that it's the power of the Holy Spirit in, in, uh, enabling us, uh, in, in which enabled him too. I firmly believe that he could respond with love, and even those, you know, knowing those demonstrations um, that they did, you know, with the sit-ins uh, to the protests, they they had training, uh, they had training time yeah. for those with his uh, the people that were following him and that wanted to protest. Uh, what, what's your thought on on some of the on that training? Well, I think it was necessary. I think that. Uh... You know, some of those, you know, because a lot of them were college age students. They were young, young people and uh, had never experienced potentially coming down from the, uh, the north, had never experienced this before coming down. And all of a sudden, so I, I think it was a, a eye opening for them uh, to have people who were on the same side treating them this right. way. So anyway, I, I think it was uh, I think it was beneficial and necessary. Yeah. And, and what an incredible challenge, Nolan, uh, to respond with love uh, and not more violence. Not easy to do All right, guys. Hey, it's time for Kronk's Corner here. And uh, for, uh, during this time, I just want to give you guys some some verses to think about from God's Word and with a, a great understanding that you and I are a part of the human race, um, one human race. Uh, Genesis one twenty seven says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. And in Acts 17.26 Paul writes, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. So the the emphasis there is from one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. And then in Revelation 7, 9 through 10, John says this, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, from all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. So God created us in his own image. Everyone is valuable. And from one man, he created the nations throughout the whole earth. There is one human race. And in Revelation chapter 7, we understand that in heaven, there are going to be people that are saved and that know Christ from every tribe and every tongue 
in every nation. So Nolan, uh, I don't know about you, but that, that just, uh, that gets my heart going because it, uh, <laughs> I think there's just some awesome, awesome um, promises there and a great understanding of the guy that created us. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a great truth knowing that it has absolutely nothing to do with where you came from, how wealthy you are, what you're, you know, all the, everything that we have, the looks, the, the talents, the uh, abilities that we have, all of those things, they come from God. God gave us all of those things. We are all created in his image. Uh, and, and uh, you know, there in Re- Revelation chapter 7 makes it very clear that, uh, that regardless of where we're coming from, we're all going to have the opportunity to accept the gift of salvation and, uh, and join him in heaven. And so uh, what a blessing to know that it has nothing to do with me, but everything to do with what Christ did yeah. for me. Yeah, Nolan, well said. Well, now it's time for our call to action, and I've got a couple quotes here, Nolan, that uh, are just a a little impetus for thought. Um, One from Frederick Douglass, who is another uh, amazing African-American in our our history, and then one from Rosa Parks, who we've talked about a little bit, who sparked the civil rights movement in 1955. But Frederick, Doug, Frederick Douglass says this. He says, it's, it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Nolan, what are your, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, my first thought is that uh, that's why I think a lot of people are, are wanting to put their children in Christian schools. So they have the opportunity to, to, to get that strong foundation of uh, not only from what they're receiving at home, but also from school. And so, you know, have that unity there. And then, of course, church. Um, having those three things together helps to build a very strong foundation. So you have strong men and women uh, as adults. Yeah. And investing into the kids, into their kids, oh, you know, yeah. and to, it's, uh, it's easier on the front end, right. To, to build the strong children and to invest into their lives because that's going to reap fruit um, later in their lives um, than it Absolutely. is to repair <laughs> broken men and women later. Yeah, and then Nolan, our second quote comes from Rosa Parks. She says, I have learned over the years that when one's mind is made up, this diminishes fear. Knowing what must be done does away with fear. What do you what do you think about Mm -hmm. Rosa Parks' quote there? Some good stuff as well. You know, I automatically think as we study the scriptures and as we understand the truth of the scriptures. The more we are familiar with and study the scriptures, the, the easier it is. Like she said there, it's going to diminish the fear. Why, why is it when you look at Peter, uh, the night that, that Christ was, was tried and crucified, he was a man of fear. And yet later, as he starts growing in his faith in Christ, uh, became a fearless and cornerstone of the church. And so I think it's, um, you know, investing time and energy into the word of God will give us, um, help us to overcome the fear of of what Satan and his powers of dominion would try to throw at yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. No. And, and I think to, you know, within the context of what you just said, you know, we need to, we need to be intentional about reading God's word and about prayer and about community, uh, three of our lifelines, but just like Rosa Parks, you know, on the bus, uh, as she, as she's, this quote came from her lips, you know, um, she, she's, she learned that, you know, in making up her mind that, that would diminish her fear. And then when it finally came time for that moment on the bus that she took a stand, um, she knew what must be done and that did away with the fear and she moved forward. So uh, great stuff. You know, we need to be committed um, and have our minds made up and be intentional also about what we do 
uh, what we believe and uh, how um, God, again, constantly reminds us to uh, invest our time uh, into his word. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So as we wrap this up, I just want to ask that you not forget to subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode of the podcast drops and uh, and share this podcast with your friends. And if you have any questions for us, you can email us at behindthetours at acts-tours.com. And we want to encourage people to look at taking American Christian tours. Uh, Take this specific tour that we, we talked about. We can customize it for you, but it's called the March. Civil War to Civil Rights, and uh, you can get, see more information on that on our website. And then, of course, uh, this weekend uh, is, or this coming Monday specifically, is MLK Day. So uh, I would encourage you to take time to read some of his writings. Uh, the, the letters from the Birmingham jail, amazing, very convicting. Uh, strongly encourage you to spend some time reading uh, some of his works. Yeah, Nolan, and uh, that they'll also be in the podcast notes as well for all of our listeners. Well, Nolan, I just want to say thank you for joining me today. Um, it was a privilege going on this tour with you and being and leading this tour together with uh, a wonderful Christian school of uh, many kids that we got to lead. And um, this again, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. And um, who knows, uh, listeners, maybe one day you'll get Nolan uh, or even myself on a tour, and we would love to be your uh, tour guides and leaders on a tour. Uh, and thanks for having me, uh, Aaron. I, I really have enjoyed this time with you. I've enjoyed last week with you and uh, looking forward to uh, leading together yeah. again. Awesome, Nolan. Well, hey, thanks for joining us, everyone, um, and taking the time out of your busy schedules to listen. And as always, remember that your story is a part of his story and that God puts you here and now for such a time as this. Blessings, and we look forward to being with you again.